You're listening to the Nerd to Know Media Network. Join us at nerdtoknowmedia.com. Broadcasting from the Blanchestan Center. This is Phoenix FM. The internet is a communications tool used the world over where people can come together to pitch battle research. According to the Nerd Index, you should be upside down in a junior high toilet around the clock. This is the day that won the battle. Well, good luck! Target is in, target is Never miss communication. My name is Foxy. The balls are in there. Welcome back to the Nerd to Know Basis show on Phoenix 92.5 FM or on Spotify if you're listening later. I am the host for this week, uh, Mannequin Blue, and with me are... Kian, woo! Dara, hoy. <laughs> so how is everyone this week? That was way harder than I expected it to be. I mean, you heard you heard the woo, Casey. That's that's a that's a good statement of intent, energy-wise. That was pretty enthusiastic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was just like, wait, Keen's Keen. Keen's never first, and then. Yeah, you you didn't actually know my name. <laughs> <laughs> that guy over there. That's okay. It's still not as bad as Keen forgetting I was at his wedding. <laughs> that's amazing, actually. No, no, it's better than that. I, I forgot you organized the wedding. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot I was the main capacity of, of head bridesmaid. <laughs> it was a long day for Keen. You also, did animal balloon puppetry. <laughs> like, like uh, what I remember about Keen's wedding is it was grand until I tried to go. No, Keen's wedding was fine. His uh, stag party. I don't remember how I went home. <laughs> None of us do. None of us that, do. That's because Katie got you drunk. None of this is relevant. Excuse you, Dara got me relevant. drunk. That's true. I got her drunk. I think we I, enabled each other. We didn't know what happened was I arrived late and you were drinking. I had to catch up, and then we yes. did competition where we tried to outdrink each other. That was yeah. a problem, and that's how we ended up both being drunk. Neither of these two were in the groom's party, by the way. No, I, I, no, this is true. <laughs> no, I just, I was just like, you know what? No, I am going to the stag party. I do not care. <laughs> Yeah, actually, it's funny. I mean, we won't dwell on this because it's like, you know, uh, personal stuff. But my wife did say to me uh, two days ago, do you remember when my head bridesmaid missed most of my hen day because she was hung over from attending your stag? <laughs> to be fair, I, I I will say one thing. The and it, like Not to give too much away, but in Token is where it was. Mm-hmm. And the cocktails there are amazing. But and again, we're not sponsored by Token, obviously. But you know, hey, if you want it, you can. Um, what was it? Um, the rum. Oh yeah, the sixty ers ers Oh my god, they they are they're strong. They're, they're strong potent. They are potent. I had one. Re- I had one recently, uh, and I was like, whoa, <laughs> there we go. You know, so <laughs> be warned. Uh, there's a reason why they only hate serve like two per person because <laughs> they get you. They get you way quicker than you thought. Than you think they would. Oh yeah, it's good stuff. I went there to play video games. I don't like, know what Keith, these two are actually, talking about. Question: Did we play any video games, Alex? I don't remember. I definitely anything. did not. I, I don't did. Like... I did okay. the pinball machines and like Time Crisis and all that kind of stuff. And every now and again, I'd wander back to you, and you'd both be like, "Hey, her, I love her. Hey, him, I love him." And then I'd like <laughs> come back in ten minutes and be sober. I'd come back ten minutes again. You're back to being drunk. It was like it was like the night remember. was on shuffle. I do vaguely remember Kean coming over at one point with like a massive bag full of tokens. And he was like, do you guys want to play any games? And I was just like, if I try to stand up out of this chair, I will literally fall over. I don't remember any of that. Um, I just remember like um, trays of 69ers being brought in. Which I still don't know how we got away with generally. Um, but yeah, folks, it's it's a good time. Uh, Keen, thank you for time. inviting us. Uh, I didn't. 
uh, and I think we still had a great night. So actually, I think I, think I invited myself and yeah. Dara. Fair, fair, because I don't remember any of it. So <laughs> I just messaged Keen and I was like, Keen, I'm going to your stag, and he was like, Yeah, okay, cool. <laughs> well, um, speaking of uh, of drunken nights that are hard to remember. Uh, did either of you watch the Eurovision last weekend? God, no. I did not, no. Why not? It's the best night of the year. No, that's not true. <laughs> Name <laughs> a better one. You what? And Name any other one. night. Any other night. I mean, a coloss- post-colostomy, um, colonoscopy, rather. Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't know what the, the ho- first thing was. <laughs> being in the hospital after getting hit by a car. Um, what is wrong? Eurovision's fantastic. No, uh, what's it? Um what, what's better? Where, you... where else will you find like 30 odd countries all getting together to sing cha 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 to a demon lizard man dancing like a CBeebies presenter? You can't. I mean, I went to a couple of uh, Dublin gay theater festival events in the last that's couple what, of weeks. And that's it was pretty much. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. I'm like, you can get that in like Lost Lane some nights if you really want to. <laughs> yeah, but not with. 30 odd countries and like a big stadium and all that kind of stuff. I don't know. Like Dublin's fairly multicultural. That's true. Yeah, but you'd have to like work really like it's on the TV. Like, yeah, like but you can like, vote and stuff. I know, but like the Late Late Show was on the TV and I never watched that either. So, I mean, <laughs> oh, not, come on. I have, late I have literally had my artwork on the Late Late Show and I never watched the Late Late Show. <laughs> Funny story. The first time I ever drank was on the Late Late Show, not the Late, Late Show. The the packet. The what was it? The, the Ray Darcy show. You were mm-hmm. on the Ray Darcy show. Yeah, yeah. I used to be. I was an extra. So again, folks, this is this is you know great content. But um, I was on. I used I'm to trying to a, talk about Eurovision. I don't know what you're doing. Used to work <laughs> as an extra, obviously, and um, as we've gone into before. But uh, they're like, here, who wants to be on the Ray Darcy show? I'm like, uh, okay, whatever. And there was some guy, I don't know who it is. So some guy had a cookbook and there were cocktails there and he had me one. And like, it's actually on, you can see it. I think I have it somewhere. Um, And he gives me like a whiskey cocktail. And remember, I didn't drink and I just left it there. And he goes, your man who owned the book was like, you should drink that. I'm like, no, and he goes, no, no, drink it. I'm like, okay. So I drank it <laughs> and uh, I was locked. So when I'm walking off, you can see me just properly drunk. Like it's funny. So there you go. <laughs> Okay, that's, true. that's a true story. You may have one up to me. My only kind of televisual claim to fame is that I was on the TV3 knockoff of the Late Late Toy Show. Oh my god, is that a thing? Yeah, yeah, it still is a thing every year. No one knows, which is why you'll never find footage. Um, <laughs> why would somebody do that? I actually, and actually, I got to review pretty decent books. I reviewed the Pokemon book of the like original 150 Pokemon, essentially the book of the Pokedex. How old it was were you? the year Pokemon came out. So that's not a bad grab. Okay, right, and... so this wasn't recently. This was like... No, 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 no. This is like, what I'm saying. I was kid. like, what are you doing? Just yeah, it was like last week. It was last week. And the other book you'll appreciate this start was the big graphic like encyclopedia of Star Wars The Phantom Menace. Oh, you know cool. those like big hardback books that come out for every single Star Wars movie? Yes. So like, yeah, good times. Not a lot of money, but good times. You got paid? No, I mean in the set, in the production, like. Oh, okay, okay. I was like, wait, I didn't get, but I did get a golden envelope that had like lots of free things in Waterford. So. Oh, you did better than me then. Yeah, I mean, as I said, I got to keep the books. I guess. Did you? Like, like I did. I did that thing that they always do in the late late toy show, where you like ride the vehicles, like on the camera. Except it Again, was King, like I wish this was like last week. <laughs> I mean, it look, makes it's, so it's, much better. This, that this like is an audio well. medium. If you want to imagine it that way, you help yourself. <laughs> but uh, but no, it was in like instead of a late late to toy show thing where it's big under like big studio spotlights, it was just in like a little cramped hallway, and I didn't even get to keep the little digger thing. Oh, that's so not sad. the digger. That's so so <laughs> I, depressing. I, I mean, look, maybe it's great, I, but my memories are tinged. It was two and a half decades ago. Or last well, week. But you got me off topic. Eurovision. Anyway. <laughs> Eurovision. So, uh, so basically, in case you didn't know, it was a it was actually a really, really good night because every usually like in a Eurovision, there's like three songs that are memorable because they're doing something weird. Everyone <laughs> was pretty decent this year. And nope. everyone was decent in a different way. But like 
there was a bit of controversy because Sweden won. But actually, hold on, hold on. Question, right? Yeah. So this was brought up at a comedy show I was at. Right. Sweden won. Yeah. Something happened in Finland on the plane. What happened in Finland on the plane? I don't know what you're talking about. Oh my god, Kane. I I watched the thing. I didn't like make it. <laughs> okay, because I mean that was like, oh wait, you'll probably know. Okay, right. You tell me the controversy, and I might overlap. Go on, go. Okay, I I doubt it, frankly. But no, no, it was basically a case that like uh, I'm gonna briefly touch on a lot of the songs because they were all really good. But the basically you have the judges vote and you have the audience like text in vote, mm. and I would say relatively overwhelmingly, uh, Finland got the most popular votes with uh, their song Cha Cha Cha, which is amazing. And but when you added in the judges votes, uh, Sweden won. And like as the night wore on and it became clear that Sweden would win, the crowd started just singing the song in a stadium while they were trying to do their voting things. And the longer it went on, the more it became clear that people would be very upset if Finland didn't win. They didn't. So only kind of mild controversy, but like it was, it was like basically Sweden won 583 points and Finland got 526. But in the public vote, Finland got 376 votes and oh, Sweden got 243. Okay. So no, don't get me wrong. The Sweden song is great and deserves to win, but it's an, a substantial difference in the way the points were totted up in terms of that. So yeah, I'd say people. Some people went home a bit unhappy about that, even though the Sweden song was pretty decent. Like, you know. okay, so I have an update well, on your, this. What was your thing you wanted to say? So no, it's not what I want to say, but I just have an update on this. So apparently, there's an airline who's using that controversy. So it does overlap. Oh, okay, uh, it does. Right, yeah, it does overlap. Yeah, see, it's almost like we planned this out, folks. We we planned this. We didn't plan we this did out. Well. We we never do. He isn't letting God. me talk. Genuinely. <laughs> um, <laughs> So there's an airline apparently and it's using this. So it's called um Virlo, so apologies. Viewlung, Viewling, right. Viewling has customized one of its Airbus aircrafts with an image of uh, a vinyl record and music motif. And apparently it's going into this uh they want your vote for like uh to be the best sun destination or something like that. Right. So they're getting in on this. I mean, it seems like a lot of work, but uh sure like i can see why they are it was actually because it was a really good year maybe because we were kind of talking about wrestling comparisons in the whatsapp chat before we started recording and this was a year which had a lot of great characters yeah like you know in each of the countries like you know like uh i'm bringing up a list now like belgium had like a really like camp disco singer dressed like in a big white hat ukrainian ukraine had these like intense rappers like uh my favorite who did really badly, Serbia, was like anime inspired robot, like trance songs like, you know, Moldova are always like, you know, it felt like every single there was no one who just came on and sang a song. Like obviously gimmicks are a part of it, but it did feel like everyone who came up was really, really good and had like a powerful song, and a powerful like character to go with it. And you know what? That does make a difference because like. Uh, it's it's kind of heartbreaking when you watch a good Eurovision where there's like 20 songs you really like because inevitably something you like will become 24th or something. Uh, Germany came dead last with UK second last, which I don't think those songs are bad, but like they just suffered from being in a really good Eurovision year. I'd say the same happened to Ireland, actually. Our song was pretty decent, but we were in the first of the semis that had the likes of Sweden and Israel and all these like ones that came in the top 10. So I think we kind of got stuck just in that respect. But, yeah. Yeah. I would honestly recommend just having a Google like, oh, I didn't even mention Austria. The song about Edgar Allan Poe. There's a song about Edgar Allan Poe and it's like a disco like thing. It's like every every single trick was pulled to make this one memorable. Like, you know. So honestly, I would if ever there was a year just to randomly look at the songs and nothing else, I would say it's this one. I really, really enjoyed this Eurovision. So the last time I watched the Eurovision yeah. was I was in Greece for the first time. And, you know, it was like 2008, maybe. Mm. And we only had like, so I don't know. You guys have traveled to like the continent, haven't you? No, I haven't gone much further than like France or Spain or the Canaries. 
Oh, that's enough. That's enough. That's the continent. Game. That's the continent. Game. <laughs> I know, but it's on the fringes. It's not like far. it's not. It's literally if, if, on if the continent. Access to a boat at all times. It's not far in. Okay, fair enough. Fair enough. But still, you know, when you're watching TV out there and there's like no good channels. Yeah. And there's there's nothing you can watch. So we were kind of in that. And the, the closer you get to the closer you get to like uh, the Middle East, the more of a problem that becomes in a sense that like when you're in England, it's like the same. When you're in France, you get some of the same. But the further you go past Italy, past, towards Turkey, you know, the channels get a bit more obscure, if that makes sense. You're just like, I have no idea what's going on. I have no reference. Now, are you just talking in terms of language barrier or in terms of... Uh, in general, or? like, you have no idea what's going on. You have no right. point of reference. You might get a... You might get, like, a CNN. You might get, like, a CNBC. You might get something that you're like, okay, I, I can watch that, right? So... Right. Um, like, that's been my experience. And particularly when... As someone that goes to Greece a lot, that kind of happens. Or someone that goes to... Uh, Italy Italy is kind of a weird point as well because like a lot of channels are different but anyway so we were stuck and we're like oh there's literally nothing to watch except the Eurovision yeah. and it was this beat up portable television that was like really really bad however the Eurovision was there I was like right we can watch the Eurovision as you said Keen, because it has no language barrier it has no cultural barrier it's literally just the Eurovision it's a weird camp thing that people yeah. like for some reason so we were watching it and we're like okay and I was like, this is the worst thing ever. Please kill me. And um, then Dustin the Turkey came out and it was amazing. <laughs> you must have watched the the semi-final then because he didn't get into the final that year. Uh, as I said, Ken, I don't know. I had the Eurovision thing. Dustin came out. I was like, this is what the Eurovision should be. That was it. I've never watched it again. You picked a bad year now, I will say. I'm looking at I, I had songs. Dustin the Turkey coming out and it was amazing. Yeah, but actually something I noticed was uh, when basically Dustin had to go through an audition process on RGE, if you can believe that. They've really? given up doing it now, but back in the day, they would like, you know, you'd vote on the Irish song. And Dustin sang Irlande Neil like which means no points in the audition. And it was hilarious. And then in the Eurovision, he sang Irlande Douzepois, like which completely sinks the joke. But I will say something interesting looking at the results of the Eurovision you sort of watched. Uh, the first place that year was Russia and the second place was Ukraine. So and Russia aren't even in it anymore. Like, you know, so that's a sign of how much like times have changed even since you watched it. But I kind of like that element to the Eurovision. Like, I mean, like it's you do get it is silly, but you do get loads of the nations of the world in a room. And stuff does kind of happen, you know, in the way they kind of interact and all that. Like, you know, there is that political element to it. But that's part of why it was created, to get people in a room and ideally stop going to war, you know? I'd much rather the war. <laughs> Jesus. Honestly. I'd, I'd, I'd I was much... tiptoeing around what I was saying and you just drove <laughs> us off a cliff. On just... a five. We're on a five. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know. I... I'm just saying it's like, you're looking back at history and you're like, World War II, that was bad. But a yearly Eurovision, geez, that's a lot worse. Now, maybe this will pique your curiosity. The Ukrainian song that came second that year is called Shady Lady. Oh, that's disappointing. I thought it was, good. I thought it was called Shark Lady. I need glasses. Shark Lady. Shark Lady. <laughs> <laughs> I'd love to Shark Lady. Look, it's Here's Eurovision. Anything's lady. possible. Wasn't it like there a song Baby Shark? Yes. Not in the Eurovision. Was that not the Eurovision? It probably has been at some point, but it didn't start in the Eurovision. Okay. It, it's it haunted the internet and now haunts my house. Oh, <laughs> oh man. Oh, uh, but I you just, know what? You know, let's, okay. let's let's go on then. I I don't know, Keen. I, I I admire. This is one thing I really admire about you. I I admire your ability to just see the best in everything. I genuinely, unironically like the Eurovision, and there's nothing wrong with that. Well, there is, but not for you. <laughs> I can you know you're a musician, right? Yeah, and this is why I hate the Eurovision because I'm like, you know, it, I don't know, it's just it's just very silly. Yeah, but like where else will you get like life and the world is so miserable and stark at the moment. Where else will you get all of these self-important nations getting together to to let two women sing about how much they like Edgar Allan Poe to a audience of several million. It just, it wouldn't happen. 
I'm so glad we still have it, you know? I mean, maybe not the whole audience of several million thing, but like you could get that, the rest of what you described, like anywhere. That's true. Any theatre. I mean, look, if, if we left now and went into Dublin, we'd find someone doing that. Somewhere. Yeah, but it's not just the entertainment. It is the, the world coming together aspect of it. You know, that is what your vision was sort of made for. You know, I don't think you can separate that from the entertainment aspect. You know, see, I don't find it entertaining, period. So, I mean, it's more just kind of like, I don't know. As I said, at least with World War Two. It was only there for like, what, five years? And then it went away. How long is the Eurovision going on for? Too long. Yeah, too long. So that's the thing. Well, man. well, actually, this is part of the controversy, which is that uh, Sweden won. And it just so happens that next year is the 50th anniversary of ABBA winning. See, ABBA the... are cool. That's the thing. ABBA are amazing. Yeah, I'm like, well, I'm glad you're here. If, if Kev was here, he'd help me out with the ABBA defense. No, there is no defense to ABBA. ABBA's un- unreal. Like, mm. ABBA's yeah, like, ABBA are awesome. Amazing. You know? But, like, so you have, like, for me, from an outsider looking in, Katie, and you're probably on this boat as well. From an outsider looking in, I'm like, and I only look at it purely from a from a musical standpoint. I don't really care about politics because, you know, yeah, that's, that's gross. Well, I'm not saying it's all politics. I'm just saying that it's a layer to it, you know? I know, but, I mean, for me, that... Too many things are political in general, and it's just kind of like, can you not just can the best not so can the best song win? But anyway, and I think there has just been points where that has happened, and ABBA is like one of them where it's like, yeah, there's no way ABBA weren't winning, you know, there's no yeah. way, there's, and it's like, but then you have like Dana winning, and no disrespect, no, no, no okay, disrespect to Dana, all kinds of everything <laughs> is a terrible song. Sorry, you need a life woman, um, and it's just like, yeah, there's so. that sponsorship gone with Dana. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I mean, uh, you never know. <laughs> What's she going to sponsor you with? With the show. You what, What's she selling, though? She'll send us to Eurovision. Yeah. Oh, that'd be cool. We, I know mean, we maybe, maybe Marcy Whelan wants to retire someday, and I want to be the wisecracking person. You'd be great at that. That's though, another you? winning ingredient, actually. Graham Norton doing the commentary on the BBC is half the entertainment, because he... It's almost like a let's play. He just slags it as it goes along. Yeah, He's I mean, a little that... bit better behaved this year because they were hosting it. Right. But usually, like, you know, like if you go, go to YouTube, the first thing that will be a compilation of him just slagging the acts over and over again. So that badness is an ingredient in the enjoyable, uh, in the enjoyment of the Eurovision, you know? The question I have, I suppose, with Ireland is like, why do they always have some flute with a guitar? Uh, what, what, or even okay, Jedward. Jedward are like the perfect act because they're incredibly annoying, but they're incredibly marked. Jedward were great. Them. I, to be honest, I, 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 much to my disgrace, voiced this in some like Facebook comments, uh, on various articles and stuff. I, I think we're, we just don't try to stage it. And like it or love it, Eurovision is 50% staging, if not more than 50%. So, oh, it's, so, it's a huge, huge amount yeah, of money. Like, has so, to be so, spent. so, what you guys are saying is that offhand joke. In Father Ted is actually the case. Oh, it's very pur- much true. Where he purposely my, my family not to win it. works works in the Eurovision and in wow. RGE and it's yeah. Now, See, now that makes sense. Wrong. If so we that... had to like decide to win, I don't think we could. But I also don't think we try that there is like a huge incentive to put loads of money into winning. Like yeah, I mean, because I mean, look, all the acts and all the Irish acts, with the exception of Dustin. Have and Jedward, I will have that give it to Jedward. I mean, that they're the most Eurovision Eurovision act ever, right? Um, and I have no problem with that, but it's just like some lad with a terrible song with a terrible guitar. No, I'm like, now, I will, I will stand up for most of the Irish songs though, but I just think that the staging itself is lazy. Like you mentioned Jedward, which is actually a great callback to make because. The year they did it, they had a giant, massive, like, stadium thing. They had, like, huge 20-foot versions of themselves dancing behind, all that kind of stuff. They did the it last... two years. What? Did they? Two years. They did, yeah. they did two got, years got, in a row. Got... The first year they did Lipstick, which was amazing. Yeah, it was a good song. Already. And the second year they did Waterline, I think it was called, which was completely forgettable. Very much so, but they were fun. I think, I think... Uh... With lipstick, we came eighth. Uh, with waterline, we came like twentieth. So still respectable in the final. The last time we got through to the final 
was again, and this is going to come down to staging. There was a lovely acoustic guitar song in the year the gay marriage thing passed in Ireland. And it was just very simple staging. It was made to look like uh, the River Liffey. There were just two men doing a kind of a ballet dance together. But that's staging. Do you know what we had for staging this year? The band were great. There was a bridge and they did not Why go they, on right? it. Why a did the static go- bridge and nothing on the big TV screen? But why do they always go for some guy with a guitar? It's an but, accused, but the band was so, good. I know, but it's so annoying. It's like, listen, someone breaks out a guitar mm. at any point, unless they're actually performing. Mm. That's how you ruin a night. You know, so you're at a house party and somebody's like, oh, I can play guitar. And you're like, cool, man, please don't. And then they pick <laughs> up a song and you're like, oh. Again, you're like, a musician. Yeah, but the, you know what you'll never see me do? Pick up a guitar on, on, on a voice. I, I play when I'm asked yeah. and, you know, when assigned. And other than that, I don't enforce on people. And it's always some guy with an acoustic guitar who's out of tune and he just, oh. Anyway, anyway here's, here's Wonderwall. Wonderwall. Yes. Yeah, literally. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, and it just seems like we've internalized that as a nation where it's like that's the best. Oh, but we they can do. jokes about that. Like, like was Animal House where he like smashes the guitar. Like that's been around for a while now. It has, but we've internalized it as our gift to Eurovision. <laughs> yeah, I will say, like, the, the people who've been submitted have been fairly unimaginative. I will personally take that over when they submit like people doing the like the trad drums that's the, the other two, part and the it's, two irish ugh. dancers who are good but just like it's a huge massive stage and they look like they're icebergs in the sea like that's another thing as well listen you know i i understand that to the most to most of the world ireland is leprechauns and dancing it's like yeah that's great but it's like yeah but the eurovision is the one space where we're not that until sweden won last week we were like the all-time champions. We were the only ones who won seven. Yeah. Now Sweden's won seven, but like Eurovision's the one space where we could not be that, and it was fine. You know, but we have gone back to it. Yeah, that's like you're with exactly a right. Yeah, with yeah. a vengeance. Yeah. <laughs> but now it makes sense. It's like you know, if you are right and it costs too much to stage, they're probably like, oh, just throw whatever we have, and they go to the key. Cost too much to say. I just think it needs imagination, like. One of the acts they had on was literally, uh, I'm going to bring up the country now because, you know, they deserve to be celebrated. Like, uh, one of the acts was literally just a woman sat on a slope and the slope happened to be incorporated into the staging. So the TV thing kind of ran through it. Like, now, obviously, I'm not like a skilled technician or anything, but it doesn't seem like it takes a huge amount of money or technical competency to put a slope on a stage but it looked really good because of the way they lit it and everything, you know? Mm. So I think it's more of a lack of imagination than it is of money, you know? I'm just going to put this out here. Keane should organise Ireland's entry next year. Yeah, <laughs> give me a call. Genuinely. Or even host. I mean, I wasn't joking, Keane. You'd be great at hosting that. Oh, thank you. You would. <laughs> like, look at that really enthusiastic, joyful guy killing it. Because <laughs> if I had to host it, I'd be like... I needed another drink. We could host um, it together. I could be happy and you could die. <laughs> I mean, we could just do the whole nerd to know crew hosting it. Oh my God. I that'd would be, be amazing. down for that. Yeah, that'd be amazing. We, yeah, gotta sell, we, have, for that. we have to sell for tickets Eurovision though. Party. We have to sell tickets though. That's the thing. So we can don't have to buy drinks. I'm hey RTE, let us host the Eurovision. Be amazing. Be amazing. Just be like, I need a lot of rum. And yeah, there we go. Do it in token so we can get those cocktails. Oh yeah. You wouldn't hear anything <laughs> over the sound of token. That's true. That's true. <laughs> Disaster oh, no. waiting to happen. I am in. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was, I could be wrong. I apologize. I think it was Armenia who had the slope. Uh, but uh, yeah, so sorry. Um, I didn't mean for the entire episode to be Eurovision, but I'm incredibly grateful that it was. But since we're on the topic of like music that the Dara likes, I feel like we should turn to a movie that had a lot of good music in it. Oh, look at this pro. Look at this pro. <laughs> <laughs> look at that segue. Look at that segue. Yeah. Uh, thank you. Well, then, Guardians of the Galaxy 3. I saw it once. You saw it twice, Derek. Katie, have you seen it? I have not. 
Katie has right. seen well, then before we even get into Lutton. it, because I had the pleasure of going in completely blind to this, even though I was out two weeks late to it. Like, Dara, how much plot stuff are we going to say? Or should we just go for atmosphere? Uh, like, you know? No, I, I mean, the thing about it is what happens in the movie doesn't really matter. And what I mean, that's by that a good is, way of putting it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. What I mean is, it's like we're going to describe it. You have to kind of go see it because I mean, the, what the important? Yeah, I look. The important thing about this this movie, and I will say it off the bat, it's good. It's very good. Yeah. Um, and it's a movie that actually deserves to exist. A lot of the Marvel stuff really doesn't. It's not just a product. So everything we're going to say, we're not spoiling anything. It's a completely self-contained movie. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it deserves to be seen or waited to be seen on Disney Plus. Yeah, like, I mean, look, know. look, if you're a fan of Guardians of the Galaxy, go see it. Uh, you'll have a great. Ah, uh, well, I do want to give a bit of a warning. Yeah, well, no, I, I'll do a, I'll do a very broad, like nothing past the first fifteen minutes type. No, I, no, I don't think that's fair because like, yeah. it, it, no, we're go, no, we'll go into it. We will go into it. But I'm, what I'm saying is like, no matter what we see at this point on, go see it because yeah. we won't ruin it for you. Yeah, uh, yeah, no, because I I went in with relatively low expectations, even though I love the Guardians. Actually, I love Guardians Two much more than Guardians One, which is a very unpopular take. But uh, yeah, no, I went in with relatively low expectations because I'd heard nothing about it, which was strange for like a you know the biggest thing in Marvel essentially. But yeah, no, I really really enjoyed it too. I was a bit nervous because we hadn't seen the Guardians since Endgame. And obviously the Christmas holiday special thing was really good. But I wasn't quite sure what it was going to be because it had been so long since a Guardians film in the proper sense. But no, it was really, really good. I love what they that like the second one. It's all about the characters. Like you said, Derek, the plot doesn't hugely matter. It's a really, really, it's a good plot for its characters, but it's not like, uh, and then this happens and this happens and this happens. It's very, very simple in the best way possible. And that gives lots of space for comedy and character work. And obviously the music is gorgeous. Um, I suppose I get, I suppose the first five minutes, I'll say. Basically, it's the story of Rocket Raccoon kind of getting injured early on and all the Guardians who are all miserable after everything, uh, Gamora related and otherwise now have to band together to go on a quest to save him because the only way they can save him is by going to his creator and this is intercut and even though Rocket is in a coma for a lot of the movie it's intercut with flashbacks about how he was created so yeah I mean like kind of like what would you want to add to that Dara from like just the basic stuff I've said there you're gonna cry yes yeah, and the reason point. why is not because it's emotional I mean I've seen this a lot where people are like, oh, the animal abuse. I mean, one, they're not real animals. It's not real. It's a movie. They don't actually hurt the animals, thank God. But it, it's an emotional gut punch where, like, I don't particularly like seeing animals getting hurt at it's, all. It's a theme. Yeah. It's, it, it is. It's, it's a very it, deliberate it, theme it is. And of it's, the film. And, it, yeah. and it's very upsetting. I mean, it really is. Um, But it's supposed to be. He's the villain. <laughs> okay, so the villain is um the high... Evolutionary. High evolutionary, right? So the high evolutionary, I want to get into that because that is someone that's someone I forgot existed in the Marvel universe. But anyway, so basically his whole thing is he sees himself as better than God because he's like, I'm just going to perfect creation, right? So like when you see what happens to Rocket, it's actually devastating. And uh, just hurting animals in general is just it's it's always uncomfortable. Um, but to see it like that, one I I, I don't think anyone was expecting it. But I will defend it in such a sense. Go one, they're not real animals. Two, it gives you. It, it is upsetting. You do cry. Uh, and three, the satisfaction of him being beaten is obviously that's the payoff. That's the whole point, right? So it makes sense. But I will just give a bit of a warning that it's very full tilt. Um, yeah, it's yeah. and raccoons are cute. No, no, you're right to bring it awful. up. Because I nearly brought my four-year-old to see don't. it. Don't. Oh, my God, don't. That's, and yeah. just by some fluke of circumstance, I ended up going by myself. And I'm glad I did, because, like, upset... It, no, don't get me wrong. It's not like a Tarantino film. Like, you know, it's still, no. like, just about in that 12s bracket. But, like, it's... Yeah, basically, it does... It reminded me of 
watership down in that respect yes, that that's like actually, it that's makes you care good. about yeah, rocket and his friends in the kind of flashbacks yeah and scares um, you for life yes. as a child <laughs> yes well there you go then and, and you're just sort of waiting for half the film in those flashbacks for the penny to drop and go all right what's going to happen to them what's going to happen to them what's going to happen to them and you're actually right to kind of single out the high evolutionary who uh, i've got the actor's name here one second is from Peacemaker. I hope I pronounced this right. Uh, Chigurudi Iwuji, because um, like in all the Guardians films, I've, I've noticed um, James Gunn has taken really like D-list Marvel villains and made them really compelling. And I really like that about him. Like, and the same kind of extends to Adam Warlock in this one as well, who's completely different, like, you know, from his comic book, like, appearance, so, like, you know. So, uh, look, the movie's great, right? Yeah. And it is. Katie, you, you'd like it. Go see it. Mm-hmm. Uh, just the, just tell me one thing. Go on. Is Adam Warlock played by Will Poulter? Yeah. Is that the one with the punchable face? Yes. He's the what, the eyebrows kid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. I love him. Yeah. <laughs> wait, hold I on. I love him. I'm wait, there. <laughs> hold on, hold on. No, wait. The Star Wars guy is the punchable face. No, no. The yeah, eyebrows he's not, he's not the guy from your video game. No, I, li- I, I no, like... No, no, he's the eyebrows kid. I like the eyebrows no, kid. No, he's from, yeah. from like, uh, We're the Millers. Like, yeah, you know. yeah, no, that's very good. And I would, but he, that's a very good part. But mm. I did want to say one thing. How is your knowledge of... Either one. Uh, how is your knowledge of the post-animated MCU? Or not MCU, but like animated Marvel Universe. How do you mean? So in Spider-Man... Uh, oh, are you talking about the 90s? I'm talking about the 90s. Oh. So, so there was Spider-Man, right, right. the animated series, right? Do you yeah, I, I never saw it. Oh, okay. Katie, did you see the show that happened after Spider-Man finished? Where he goes to space? No. Okay. Strap in. Um, because <laughs> the whole time... So I, I went to go see this twice, right? And the first time I was like, Jesus... That's really familiar. Why is what they're saying very familiar? Why do the people because they go to counter earth, right? And basically it's like humanoid kangaroos and stuff, right? And I'm like, why does that look so familiar? And then I'm like, oh my god, counter earth is where Spider-Man went with the weird animals. Ah, and the bad okay. guy is is the, the high evolutionary. And I'm like, wow, James Gunn literally took the plot of Spider-Man uh, Unlimited, I think it's called, which wasn't a great show. It's it's okay. But it never had a, it never wrapped up because it got cancelled because nobody watched it, um, and yeah, I was just like, oh, that's why because in in the back re- recesses of my brain, uh, as a kid, I've already seen this, right? <laughs> so that's what it was. So fair play to James Gunn for digging that out. But um, I will say the music was great. Uh, it's also the, it's the second. So I went to go see Mario begrudgingly, <laughs> um, begrudgingly because Sonic Sega should have won. Um, <laughs> And, and also, uh, then a, a week later, actually in the same screen, I saw Guardians of the Galaxy, and it was the second movie with Chris Pratt and No Street, No Sleep to Brooklyn, playing in it. I'm like, oh yeah, so bizarre, <laughs> so bizarre. Um, Did they just get like a like a a group deal or something? I think so, <laughs> like a also- bundle. But the thing about it is, it's like it makes less sense in Mario because it's like, oh, they're not in. Well, that, they're in I said that on the podcast. I think I, I did, did not like it when pop songs played in the Mario film because no, I no, I, I I hated it when Jack Black starts singing because it makes it makes me sick every See, time. See, I like that because at least it's an original song. When yeah. like Take on Me starts playing in like Donkey Kong Land, you're like, what has this got to do with anything? Uh, I don't really mind. I didn't mind that too much, but I do get your point. I know, but, but no. it makes me. It makes it feels more, more like it belongs to a Minions film. Yeah, but that's who made it. it. Makes sense because the characters like music. Yeah, but yeah, that's it who... was made by the same studio. Yeah. but that's what I'm getting at. It took me out of the film, like right. you know, the emotionally. But sorry, what were you saying there? But what I will say is uh, one that. That's a great song, and the Beastie Boys are like yeah. very good. But um, when it was done in Guardians, damn, it was brilliant. Yeah, it was brilliant because Katie uh, and for anyone listening, basically it, near the end of the movie, um, Rocket decides I'm not going to run away anymore, mm. and all the Guardians go back to fight basically an army by themselves. And it's uh, but but they have the advantage because one they're the, the protagonists, and two um. They're basically in a hallway, so they're able to fight them as they come, and it's no steep to, Bro- to Brooklyn, and it's just brilliant. I mean, it's it's one of the the small little bits of this movie that I hope 
don't get lost in, in the noise because it's yeah, like but actually I'm glad you brought that up because one actually in terms of action the film's fairly restrained which makes a moment very like restrained. that very very, very satisfying yeah but the other thing I was going to say that you kind of alluded to was the soundtrack isn't all 70s and 80s this time yeah it's quite 90s and 2000s which yeah. I'm not sure if this is intentional but it made me feel like okay the guardians have grown up their tastes are changing they've caught up to our modern music yeah which is true less. which is what happened and then so, the... and and because it's the last guardians you're like ah oh, look at them they've all grown up now we can leave this marvel thing behind and enjoy there they are there over, now you know. <laughs> there they are now all the lads yes <laughs> A great bunch of lads. A great but bunch actually, of lads. I'm glad you said that because there, there isn't like a post credits thing as such. But the last thing at the end of the credits is like all the seven or eight guardians all in the line together. And yeah, it's totally there. They are now all the lads. <laughs> I did appreciate that because I only saw the the Christmas thing recently. Yeah, and it it plays a surprisingly large part of the movie. Even it does, yeah. It's 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 strange because it's like well. It's the most throwaway thing ever, but it's not. And I'm kind of like, okay, you know what? We talk about, like, everyone talks about superhero fatigue or whatever. And it's like, the genre itself isn't the problem. The problem is that nobody wants to make... Okay, I was at the... the Someone said, I was at the Modern Art Museum uh, on Saturday. <laughs> oh, I'm so interested to see where this is going now. What's happening? Yeah, so, and I walked in um, uh, to a, to an exhibit. Hmm. Uh, that was an Ikea furniture. Now, it wasn't, but it looked like someone had just opened an Ikea furniture and left it there, like not made. <laughs> and I'm like, this is not art. Um, so in the very sense, and look, if you're offended by that, I'm really sorry, but try and it's not. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's just not. Um, and then in another room, they had like a black square. Also not art. That's badly painting. That's badly oh, decorating. Um, so my point there is one, I love... I love good modern art with a story like uh, Duchamp or anything from uh, Dadaism or Expressionism, but that stuff is not, that's garbage, right? (laughs) The point is, in very much the same way as that is a genre of art, like superheroes, a genre of movies, which are also art, there's good art and there's unmade IKEA furniture. And I think (laughs) what Disney has given us is a lot of unmade IKEA furniture. So when something actually comes along, that's like, whoa, this is great. It takes people kind of a moment to readjust because there were one or two good pieces in in the Modern Art Museum. And like in in Paris, they have an incredible Modern Art Museum with like uh, Jasper Johns and, you know, uh, Jasper Pollock and all that kind of stuff. And you're like, wow, that's great. So I think we're so used to the steady stream of sewage that when we actually get something that is good, um, it takes you a moment. And But this is generally one of those moments. And yes, so uh, ladies and gentlemen, I hate modern art. That's bad. <laughs> You're right, though, because like, I mean, uh, Quantumania went up on Disney Plus today. I mean, uh, don't get me wrong. It's fine. I like it. Fine. It's fine. Liked, it's fine. But like, there should be no excuse for James Gunn making the high evolutionary incredibly exciting while yeah. Kang is sort of like, hey, it's fine. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's fine. Yeah. It's, yeah. It, it goes a long way to showing that it's not the character. It's what you do with it. Like, like I know. would go back, I would go back to the whole reason why because remember there was a time when nobody knew who Iron Man was. Exactly. Yes, that's what I was gonna allude to. You're right. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Sorry. No, no, no fine. To... Please so you say it better than me. Go on. And I was just gonna say that, like, yeah, I mean, people forget that. Like before the MCU, <laughs> superheroes were were terrible. The mm. the movies were really bad. The comics were in a lot of trouble. And you know, everyone knew Spider-Man, they knew Batman, they knew Superman, some knew Wonder Woman. But that was it. And maybe the Hulk and some of the X-Men. But when Iron Man came out, like, nobody knew Iron Man. Like, I mean, I knew Iron Man. You know, nerds knew who Iron Man was. But even then, he wasn't really seen as like an important character to an extent. He wasn't like a leader. It was always Captain America or it was always, you know, someone else. Um, and when that movie came out, it changed everything. Because you're like, whoa, you can actually tell a good story. And the lessons that can be learned from this is like look at peace peacemaker like come yeah. on uh well actually it, i'm glad you brought that up because just on, it, i just want to finish I, the one go point on, sorry sorry go on the, in everything the movie needs to be about the story it needs to be about the characters or else it's just stuff happening 
And like Star Wars, you know, we've talked about it, I've done panel about it. It's stuff happening without any reason or logic. Guardians is a story about trying to save their friend, but coming from a place that makes sense. Yeah. And a lot of characters, as you said, as you said, very succinctly, growing up and then also a bit like there's one or two parts in in that movie where, you know, they're, they're going into Counter Earth and it has like Fate No More, so we care a lot, which is a great track, by the way. Um, playing and you're like, whoa, proper cinematic, you know, mm. shots. They're actually shooting a movie, not just on a screen. <laughs> that is just sewers, you know? It, yeah. It's not it's it's not half made IKEA furniture by some 22-year-old art student that is like, oh, I want funding. Um, it's actually a good movie, you know, it's not just gratuitous. Yes. And that's what I appreciate it. Again, I hate bad modern art. I've I've got a stage play to recommend to you in a minute, but I'll I'll finish up this point, which is that uh yeah, I get what you mean. I think a shift as well, because we were talking about this 90s Super Mario movie in the last episode. Oh wow. And uh, <laughs> and a big shift with like when you compare that to Super Mario or even just the two Suicide Squad films of recently. Yes. That, that's a good that's a like, good comparison too, actually. There you go, exactly. But like uh back in the 2000s when Spider-Man and X-Men were big, and there was just lots of other random superhero things, like I think there was a mentality of like, okay, we're going to take the popular visual uh, of the character, but we're just going to put our own Hollywood beats onto it and whatever we change is fine. Yeah. We're making a movie first and a Super Mario thing second. I think yeah. that Marvel and Iron Man have completely changed that now. I think it's now where you have to do it faithfully. No, 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 no. They did. And then it became a product. Yes, but you just pointed out in Guardians 3 that they were faithfully adapting a Spider-Man show that no one is even aware of. That is a level of... And it, I was you aware of it. Take the Super Mario movie where, you know, there's a few liberties, but by and large, Mario acts like Mario in the games. Toad yeah, he does. Toad. So yeah, like, there does. is like, okay, we got to take this thing and actually make it the way it is. We're not going to take like Iron Man and put him in the middle ages because that's what's on brand at the moment like you know that kind of stuff you know actually that exists that's a comic oh yeah dr doom's in it isn't he yeah it's great i forgot actually. about that god yeah. everything happens in comics i uh, told you <laughs> <laughs> i mean like katie from what we're having not seen the film like what do you have any like kind of weird questions about guardians or anything like that or no i mean you kind of if you've seen guardians you kind of know what you're getting in for mm. um mm. So it, it's more just a case of I actually have to just sit down and watch it. Yeah, it's worth your time, Katie. And I, I'd say genuinely, like, yeah, look, the, the stuff at Rocket is very upsetting. Yeah. Mm. Um, but it's also very empowering for him as well, because it's like he hated being called a raccoon. And then he discovers he actually is a raccoon and he's OK yeah. with it. Mm. You know, he's like, oh, no, yeah. this is who I am. And then at the end of it, he saves the baby raccoons and it's all. Oh. It's so it's, spoilers. Uh, there's no spoilers. It's such a sweet moment. Yeah, no, it's, um, it's only a minor thing. It really but no, is. Like... And, and actually, just before, because I'm not sure how much time we have left, the performances from all the Guardians are great. Like, it's, I'm actually glad we brought up Super Mario, by which I mean you brought up Super Mario. Thanks for that. Uh, because, like, Chris Pratt's performance of this is actually really good. Yeah. Like, I know we shouldn't be surprised by a leading actor in a big film, but, like, there are bits where it's like, oh, God, someone make him a cup of tea. He looks miserable, like, yeah. in a good way. And like, you know, like Nebula, like Karen Gillan is fantastic. Oh, she's fantastic. She's, she's actually steals. She steals she's not the a villain movie. anymore. She has to kind yeah. of adjust to the new dynamic. Yeah. Like Dave Batista is still consistently good, even though he's wanted to like leave the series for ages. Yeah. Uh, Zoe Saldana is essentially playing a new Gamora. She is. Yeah. She's playing she's a, really a horrible person, really. Yeah. Uh, like obviously kind of Groot is mostly animated, but they still find really creative ways to use him. Which mm. I appreciate, like, like uh, I suppose since we put one minor spoiler, like, uh, like doesn't he fly at one point? Yeah, yeah. Like, well, he grows know, wings, he hides guns, and his roots, and Very like cool. all this yeah. kind of stuff. Like, it's it's all like, oh, oh, Cosmo the dog. Oh, Cosmo the dog's what great. a scene stealer. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Look, as I said, there's a lot of good there. Um, I mean, it's it's a shame that that people don't understand how movies work. <laughs> um, it really is mm. it's like you know no you don't under, okay you don't understand how right so when you but say you, people what do you mean I mean dude you, you, the amount of articles I've seen where all they talk about is 
the high evolutionary. It's like, really, yeah, he's supposed to be a bad guy. That's the whole point. Oh, as in as a criticism of the film. Yeah, you're you're not supposed to like him. Oh, you're not supposed okay. to. You're not supposed to have like Adam on Twitter and talk to him. And it's like, no, he is a bad guy. Oh, they that haven't gone like the after point. the actor or something. Have they? No, of course not. But All I mean right. the actual well, character. Look, I don't know. It happens. It does, but of course, you know, like look that 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 whole going after actors ridiculous. Like, yeah, you know, li- you know. Uh, Chris Pratt is not literally Star Lord. He's just dude. You know, it's just the guy. Yeah. Um, but yeah, well, Robert Downey Jr. actually probably is Iron Man. That's, that's and John and Keanu Reeves is actually literally John Wick. So look, that <laughs> they're the exceptions to the rule. But um, what I mean is like, it's funny that like we've come, we have so much media now, and we've had this su- su- um, superhero thing for so long. That like when you actually get a villain, and again, it's weird. A lot of criticisms are like, "Oh, Marvel have some bad villains." Like, you were literally given one. You were given yeah. probably one of the worst, and I'd say he's worse than Thanos because Thanos was actually trying to, you know. But that's but the reason that works is because of personal stakes. Exactly. Like, like exactly. if he was just doing like the first Ant Man film had a guy who was doing experiments on sheep, yeah. but Ant Man wasn't someone who was personally affected by sheep. You know, I think that personal connection is important. Like, absolutely, absolutely. And I mean, the thing about it is, it's like I, it's scale as well, right? Like, mm. um, it it really does kind of bring it home. And I think James Gunn is really good at that because he's a filmmaker. You know, he yeah. he understands how this whole thing has worked. So, it, it it is funny that like on one hand we have this great superhero, com- well, not superhero, um, comic book movie, right? Yeah. And on the other hand, there's people who are like, oh, I don't like that. It made me feel things. It's like it's supposed to. It's art. It's like, what do you want? Do you want She-Hulk again? They can give you more. Hey, oh, hang on. Oh, okay, oh, I know. Hey, it was an easy oh, target. Oh, okay. Easy target. Easy target. <laughs> easy target. I know. I know. It's like, okay. Do you want? Do you want Miss Marvel again, or you know? Hey, oh, hey, oh. <laughs> sorry, Kev isn't here, but that would have been him. I know. I know. That's why I said it because I knew no one would say anything. Yeah, um, like you keep keep mentioning Disney Plus shows. Like our random acquaintances are going to start turning up. Yeah, just say, hey, oh, hey. <laughs> I'm gonna clip that and have it for the next panel. <laughs> Bryn, Wait. could you be mildly irritated in a very non-verbal way for 30 seconds <laughs> and we'll record it for future use? But you know, I, I mean, like that's that's the trade-off. You know, if if they start making movies again, like Ironmonger, you know, in in the first Iron Man, yeah, you're like, whoa, you're literally like your father figure just stabbed you in the back for that's no a reason. personal connection it's a personal though. connection yeah. and you're like whoa i really hate you jeff jeff yeah. bridges character and it's like we move so far away from that where every time you get a good villain you know loki he becomes like a good guy not supposed well, see, to be a good guy loki Nebula becomes you know, a good guy exactly yeah. it's like listen you can't get that with the high evolutionary the man is like super evil you know <laughs> he really is he does not care because he's so far removed because basically you know and there's a line in a movie where it's like some people consider him god it's like, yeah, he just does not care. His mm. end goal is to do this. With the result, he wipes out planets. Like it's nothing. Like you, like you're, you're hitting. You know, you're dropping something into a recycle bin on your computer. You know, mm. um, and that's how he sees it. And um, what's interesting about that is you're like, you can't do that. You're you're crazy. Uh, and it, it, you know, I don't. I it's just this disheartening where you see people who are like oh no I don't I don't I don't like feeling feelings but see you're right though because you can't have it both ways you can't can't have it both ways you can't have this this movie made me feel things and now I'm upset and so it's bad but then you can't also complain this movie feels factory produced and made me feel nothing exactly now I'm mad it's one or the other exactly I I can do both on a good day but you can't you can't use both as reasons to say the Marvel train has crashed into a volcano you know yeah, it's, look, I'll be honest with you. The Marvel train has collapsed. Uh, going along the factor, the, the factor, fact. What can I say that word? Factory. <laughs> there we go. The factory production line. Um, that will die, and it's terrible because it's like there's nothing here. This is just people in silly costumes doing silly things with lots of CGI. Mm. On the other hand, when you have an actual good piece of art, a good piece of, that makes you actually engage with it, that's what it's supposed to do. You know, yeah, like, and the film's gorgeous. Like, I it's mean, gorgeous. The sequence it's where they had to break into like a space station that's like a living orange thing. That was very gross. <laughs> it was gross, but it was like it looks gross. tangible. It did. Like, it did. It like didn't... unless like yeah. so much of it's green screen, unless like say obviously like Ant Man, the whole appeal was that you went into this weird Jules Verne world. Mm. That's fine. Yeah. But I think like green screens have been around so long now that I don't think they trick anyone anymore. Yeah. 
I mean, certainly that's how I feel. And I'm not quite a critical viewer. So like, like, like even like they don't even do Marvel outtakes anymore. Cause when you watch Marvel outtakes, it's people like jumping on a blue bit, you know? Like, yeah. Look, the thing about it is it's like, it, I think people have finally, uh, look, the issue is people didn't read comics. Right. And yes. a lot of people don't, right. They just don't. That's fine. But I think now people have realized, Oh, this is why comics aren't just the same thing over and over again. Mm. And when they are, they're bad. I mean, the Miss Marvel run is one of the worst things you'll ever read. I'm sorry, Kev. It is. Really. Oi, I like that run. Uh, and also, Keen, it's not good. <laughs> it's not. I, I literally just read it four days ago. I know, but it nearly tanked the company when it came out. But what I'm saying is... One unless... minute warning, guys. Okay, no, I'll just... Oh, uh, my goodness. Okay. What I'm saying I is... I like... recommend that play off the air. When... When... It's art by Yasmin Yet Ray. Sorry, wrap up. Okay, so when that came out, you know, it was trying to do have its cake and eat it too, where it was like, all right, it's not a superhero movie, it's trying to tell a long story. And that's great, but so many people were detached from comics at that point because it was just terrible run after terrible run, regurgitating, regurgitating. There were no actual characters or stakes. And that's the problem. You know, I've said for a long time that there hasn't been a good Marvel book in years, and that's true because they do not tell stories. They 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 try and shove stuff in and everything else comes afterwards. DC didn't do that. And that's why when you go back and you read comics uh, or graphic novels, it's Watchmen, it's V for Vendetta, it's the classic Batman runs, it's Spider-Man, it's, it, you know, it's all... I actually am reading Watchmen at the moment. Jay, yeah, because right? Watchmen's unbelievable, you yeah. know? And, and they will stand the test of time because they have characters motivations and stories and it's art it actually makes you feel something when you read Watchmen you're like oh Ozymandias man yeah you're crazy but I 100% agree with you because you are right and you know that's a weird moral quandary because you're like yeah man like how can you do and it's it's supposed to ask questions compared to oh yeah okay cool so she has powers and she does that her family is a little bit you know a little bit not in the ordinary but that's okay you're like right you're not telling me a story you're just being a, a set of descriptions what does she do with those powers? Who does she fight? Why is she doing it? Who is she going for? How is this involving or making me feel something? Because it's not. And I, I look, I, I do not buy the thing. Oh, I have to be represented because I'm. Listen, Rocket Raccoon is a raccoon. I felt more for that poor little thing than I did for anyone else in a long time. And I'm not a raccoon. So come on. <laughs> I'm sorry. Good characters, good writing, good script, beautiful art will always win over anything else. Sorry. Yeah. Not over. And, and on that note, we have to call time. I'm sorry, Katie. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, no, it's okay. I know. It's just if I let you guys go, you, you could talk for hours and hours and hours. And I understand it's that. It's not easy, this bus driving thing, is it? It's, not, it's really hard, particularly when I I just grabbed the, rail, the, the wheel. Yeah, I'm just, I'm just putting my foot down. So, Keen, anything to plug really quickly? No, please carry on. Dara, anything to plug really, really quickly? Always. Um, so obviously, if you're listening, go over to nerdedomedia.com. Check out the shows. They're all there. You can book us for panels. We're going to try to do some panels um, relatively soon. Um, I have been trying to figure out how to get um, light gun games working again, because, you know, with TVs, you can't really do it anymore. So I'm, I'm really after getting into solving that problem. So there is a new product that I might review next week. Um, how to make that work? Because I really want to play Time Crisis at home. <laughs> um, so that's what I've been trying to do. Lycon games are a lost art, and it's because of our TVs. Our TVs used to be CRT TVs. Now they're they're obviously plasma or, or LCD screens. So it doesn't really work that way. There's whole other things about it. But play Lycon games and appreciate it when you go to an arcade because it's a it's a dying art. Well said. <laughs> Love Time Crisis too. Katie, you're driving the bus. You got to wrap this up. I am driving the bus. Yes. So very quickly, um, follow us, Nerd to Know Media, 90, Phoenix 92.5 FM, but also Spotify and Facebook, Instagram, all the good stuff. We're on all of those. Um, yeah, that's pretty much it. Bye. Bye. Join us next week. Bye-bye. Yes, bye-bye. <laughs> <laughs>
um, you go to tune in and download the app or you can check out the live streams on nerdthnowmedia.com or phoenix 92.5 fm if you want to get in contact with us it's very easy nerd to know media everywhere nerd to know media on twitter nerd to know media instagram nerd to know media on twitch nerd to know media at gmail.com if you want to reach out via email hope to hear from you soon check out the rest of rewind here on phoenix 92.5 fm every tuesday at 8 p.m to 9 p.m and of course over on nerd to know media.com the only wrestling podcast by wrestling fans who don't hate wrestling we'll see you then Hey, Dara, what are you doing over there in Ireland? Like with the freaking leprechauns and everything. That's not cool. You should be over here with the God players. At least then you could, like, I don't know, pretend like you got, I don't know, some kind of thing going on. Yeah, with that. You give me a Brooklyn wave. Yeah, with ya. Dick, Dara. Dara? Yeah, Sarah. Why ain't you over here with Joey? Anyway, we miss you, dude. So, uh, it's still a saying, I love it. Thank you for listening to a Nerd to Know Media production.